son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. What's up, wilderness? You folks are listening to episode number four. This is number four already. Look at us. We are rolling. Look at us go. We are rolling with the river. This is good. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes. It's great. It feels awesome. We're rolling with the river to episode number four. Uh, I'm your host, Ryan Quigley. You can find me on Twitter at RP underscore Quigs. And as always, I am joined with uh, the the certainly something at Lindsey Brown 35. Certainly Lindsay. something. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Greetings. All right. So, Lindsay, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I'll just throw them both at you at once. Um, so the 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 Minnesota Wild. Yes. Um, um, wh- what are the Minnesota Wild? But more importantly, why that's a, are the that's Minnesota very Wild? existential? And it is way too late to be why? asking these. What do you mean? What are they? They're a hockey team. They're not a very good one, but are they we, are one. Are we certain about that? I mean, they put the skates on. They have the stick. They wear all the equipment, and mo- most of them know how to skate pretty well. So yeah, yeah I think it qualifies. I could dress up like a cop. And that doesn't make me a cop. This is true, but you can't go out and buy any, like, a cop badge. Like, you have to have special That's papers. True. But you can go buy hockey equipment anywhere. That's true. Even on you're the right, internet. Right. And you know what? I'm going to extend this question, too. And, this, folks, this is a very, very important podcast that you're listening to right now. This is the first time ever in the history of time. Ever. 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 That we are having a third guest join us on the show. And finally, after... Like, I, I, God, how long? It was like weeks of her being like possibly on the brink of death. And yeah, just they, there were a few scra- late scratches. Sicknesses. We are finally joined by the one, the only, Logan Stark. Logan, thank you so much for joining the show. All the way up from, uh, from Oregon. How are you, Logan? Yeah, I am good. I am excited to be on the podcast and currently have... World Series Game 7 on the TV, and I'm just <laughs> trying to multitask and not really, you know, handling the hyperventilating well. Right, right. You know what? So it's understandable. You talked about me being on injured reserve because that is really accurate. Right, right. You know what? Yeah. If you if you have to scream every once in a while because something crazy is happening in the game, totally understandable. I'm it's right Game there 7. It's Game 7. Like, we get it really, in the hockey yeah. community. We all know what right, that feeling right. is. We all know what the stakes oh, yeah. are. I can't even imagine doing something of importance during a Game 7 in like the Stanley Cup final. Or really any Game 7 in well, any hockey series. Th- we would have to be hooked up to heart monitors, to be totally honest. Because oh, there's yeah. nothing like it, even if it's not <laughs> your own team. But if it is your own team, then it's, I don't even know. We yeah. wouldn't know with the Minnesota Wild because they never even sniffed the Stanley Cup yeah, final. Yeah. They won't anytime oh. soon. So let me... <laughs> Sorry. So now let me extend this question to you, Logan. Logan, why, why do the wild do this to us good people? We're innocent folks. And they, I don't know. They, it's like they torture our, our brains. You know, all right. So they just finished up their game against the St. Louis Blues. They lost two to one in St. Louis. You know, defending Stanley Cup champs, good team. Like, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. let's, we'll get to that later. Let's get to. Well, you're going to let Logan answer the question? Well, yeah. All right, yeah. You're all. You're right. I'm all over the. Logan, you go. I'm gonna ahead. ask you a question, but wait. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Logan, tell tell me something. Like, just why do they play with our emotions like this? Um, because they enjoy 
pain and pain is life. So they're giving us life. Existence maybe? is wow. pain. I feel like I'm wearing, I'm reading a Kafka novel. Existence right now. is indeed. Pain. <laughs> My goodness. Right. We're gonna skip this wild this this wild star or uh, blues game and go directly to the wild stars game because folks, let me just. Uh, and that happened when. That happened Tuesday night, last night at the time of our recording right now. So good, good. Um, it happened last night, Tuesday night. And uh, folks, I, I think I speak for everybody when I say um, what, and I can't stress this enough, the hell was that? <laughs> what was well, that? What was the score first? Before we freak out, we got to tell them exactly what happened. We got to recap because not yeah. everybody might have watched this you know entire what? game. Let, let's just go go through from start to finish. So, all right. So Wild take the three nothing lead. Stars person here, maybe I should like do the recap. Oh, Logan <laughs> there does, you go. Logan has an extensive background with the Dallas Stars. So Logan, if you wouldn't be, if you would do the do us the pleasure of recapping this nightmare that really was a uh, a hockey game, that would be great because I don't want to relive it. Of course, yeah. I I'm sold out in Charlie Cummins. It was a hockey game. It was a baseball score more than anything. But right. Yeah. So the Wild actually came out of the gate firing. They caught Dallas on their back heels. They had three goals going into the end of the second period, which was insane. I haven't seen Minnesota play that aggressively, I think, this season, to be honest. I think right. it was they, they were really surprised to come in and, and get Dallas looking. Um, and then, you know, at the end of the second period, I believe it was like one minute left, right? That first goal happened from Dallas. Right. And third period, I don't know what Jamie Ben said in the locker room, but my God, it worked. Dallas came out and had five goals in the third so six unanswered total from minnesota and i I was just sitting there looking at the end of it going did i walk into an alternate timeline like the stars top line who has been mia since preseason finally remembered how to score goals alexander radulov had a hat trick in like 25 minutes of hockey essentially he's a wild Uh, killer though he's a wild killer he (laughs) plays really well and has since he's come over from russia when he first i think uh for that national predators run a few years back he joined the team and then has been with montreal and dallas since then he he scores goals against this team and i don't know what it is about him but it's he he can be a special player sometimes if radulov wants to he will just engage in beast mode and just become unstoppable like he Pos- looks like he fights bears. He, do- he does. He does. If he looked at me, I'd Absolutely. probably, I'd probably. Poop. Well, in Sean Shapiro's recap of the game um, for the Athletic, his his title was "quote mildly psychotic." Radulov goes off again. Yeah. And I I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I just want to know who in the locker room called Radulov that because it is very appropriate. It's incredibly appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's yeah. just that like all right. You're going. You got the three nothing lead. Like Logan said, you have the three nothing lead late in the second period. Mm-hmm. Like dominating the stars, they really were, and the stars haven't done themselves any favors to start off the season, right, Logan? Right. Uh, sorry, say that again. The the stars have not done themselves any favors in their start to the season. High expectations, but oh. they have not been met so far. God no. The only thing they've had going for them are uh, two new faces called uh, Gurionov and Hints, and those two have been carrying the team. I mean, they're paying their top line an ungodly sum of money, and. Sagan, Ben, and Radulov have just—it's it, like putting jerseys on ghosts at this point. They haven't done anything. So last night they came out of hibernation and did something, but it's so late into the, the start of the season that now they have to dig themselves out of that hole. So that top line has a lot to carry, and I, I think the Wild game was what they needed. Unfortunately, it was against the Wild who right. needed a game of their own like that. Uh, so the Wild need to go pick on somebody who's bottom of the league, maybe. 
Ottawa, maybe Chicago, someone that like is mostly injured and they can just kind of walk in and win again. Well, they did beat Ottawa that one time. That one time. Barely at band camp. They barely did it. Yeah, so it's barely. Just like, I think it was what uh, two nothing, and one of the goals was an empty netter. So it's most just like, likely. And and of course, Victor Rask of the season, and that was what like four games. In. Yeah, it's, right. It's crazy. I, has Jim Lights said anything to the players in Dallas yet? Uh, no, we he have hasn't not called them. Any... He hasn't lit their ass on fire yet, <laughs> like he did last year on this time. We're waiting for it. Not, not yet. Um, I am honestly <laughs> waiting for it, but I think after last night's game, the comments have been slightly postponed. Hopefully. Yeah. I don't uh, know. You're hoping. Yeah. I mean, that, that what, the way that they just collapsed, like they, the Wild had absolute, that entire third period looked like a power play for the Dallas Stars. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. The yep. Stars have the star power. They this do. is they the do. difference between a stocked cupboard that's underperforming mm-hmm. and a bear cupboard that just does bear cupboard things. Right. That sometimes can play a, a decent hockey game. And they played some decent games. They've, they've racked up a couple wins. But that's the difference where they can't just turn it on in the third period and all of a sudden go off for five goals. They don't have that star power. And just right, right. Like, like Logan was saying, all the money that they have tied up on that first line, it's insane. Yeah, it's nuts. But it's, it's, they're just, I don't know what their deal is. They, it just seems like so sporadic. They're one mood from the next. And we've talked about it on my podcast, the Nightcap podcast. Of course. The scoring in the first or last minute yes. of the period and how important that is for momentum and teams looking to try to reclaim it like the Stars did last night or yep. losing it like the Wild did. If the Wild are good at one thing, it's either giving up multiple goals, like in, in bunches. In short spans. In short spans. Mm-hmm. Or just allowing, like, you know, a goal in the first couple minutes or a goal in the last couple minutes. And that has to be so demoralizing. It is. is it, well, has that been happening in da- Dallas, Logan? Is the demoralization happening in Dallas? Yeah, like what's their poison? Like what? What's why are they losing so much in Dallas? We're not entirely sure. They're playing the game the right way. Um, looking at the stats, looking at, you know, everything. They seem to be doing... I would just like to point out the Nationals just won Game 7 of the World Series. Um, Good for the Nationals. Good for them. <laughs> I I might be crying a little. Oh! <laughs> my boys! <laughs> um, so Dallas has really struggled with special teams this season, and that has been their undoing in a lot of games where they go on the penalty kill, they take a lot of really, really dumb penalties, and then can't mm. keep it out of their own zone. So that's been their undoing so far. Mm. But they haven't had a ton of injuries aside from... Como, Polak, and one or two others who weren't, I mean, it's not like you're taking out, you know, Radulov or Hintz, who are those goal scorers. So, Hintz, man, he's... On paper, they're, they're doing the right thing, but somehow on the ice, it's not translating, which is hmm. so odd right. to see. Um, I... Especially with the acquisition of, like, Pavelski in yeah. the, the offseason, you expect him to come in firing because he had such a stellar season last year. And it, it took him until I think the Minnesota game to really get his skates under him and start start going. I feel like the Wild are in a way similar. I think so too. You do have some big name players, not exactly at this stage in their career, superstars. Like I don't think anyone's going to call Zach Parisi now a an elite superstar. There ain't no you know Tyler I mean? Sagan on this roster. There is no Tyler no, Sagan no, no, on the no, no. Like yeah. that does not exist on the Minnesota Wild right mm-hmm. now. But they do have these Zach Parisis. They do. They did get that. Uh, kind of big 
free agent pickup in Matt Zuccarello, but he's thir- he's all he's thirty two. Mm-hmm. Like used car, nice used car. It's yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. Like a it's solid. Durable. It'll yeah. it'll get the family across the country for the summer vacation, right. but you're not going to be picking up any chicks. Exactly. No. I will say that's what we all thought with Dallas when he signed at the trade deadline um, in February. Mm-hmm. He had that you know period and a half of hockey before he broke his arm, and we thought, I mean, he was okay. He had one or two points. He was fine. Yeah, it was a hell of a period and a half. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but you know, when he came back and played for the playoffs we're like god we hope he's really good but given his age and his pass output we kind of doubt it and then he was he was mad he came out firing so yeah. i think he's doing the same thing as minnesota again if it takes him a little while to get going and used to a new team and now now that he's had that goal um maybe maybe the waterworks have been turned on and off he can go um but honestly, I, I don't have high hopes for him. I don't think one offseason acquisition is going to make a difference with this team. Mm. We're looking at multiple players have to be shuffled around. Um, and the core is aging. They have a lot of money tied up, so they don't have a lot of room to negotiate. And I still cannot believe Minnesota said Niederreier to Carolina. I, I just Oh, I can. I can. To that and just going, what were you doing? <laughs> Insane. Logan mentions uh, Zach, uh, Matt Zuccarello's first goal. He did. He got the one goal that Minnesota scored tonight. Good for it him. Was his first of the year. His first as a member of the Wild. And uh, it was a pretty nice. It was a fun little goal. He had Eric Stahl behind the net, and he gave him a nice little, nice little pass right in front, and he buried it. So, um, yeah, cool. Do that more. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's but that's the problem. The scoring is so tough, and that's why when they score three goals, you're like, oh my oh god, my they eight. scored three goals. The offense is a firing but, on all cylinders. But the baby. problem is, is that sometimes we forget that we're not operating in the year 2007 anymore, and right. that. Three goals per game, it's not gonna it's, work. That's what you need. The to lead, score. That's like that's <laughs> like what m- most teams just start with in the first period. You're like, go put three up, then we're done, and right, and right. then you build off of it. But they just, when they do have the outbursts, maybe they just need to figure out a way. Maybe we do need to score less and really save some gas for the tank for that end of the game type of play because I they just cannot score in bunches and could not get into an arms race with a team like. Even like a team struggling like Dallas was, or or any of these teams that they've played to start out the season. Right. Yeah. And I don't know. There's just there's just so much wrong with this. <laughs> and like there's I can't. So even, I don't wrong. even know where to start. Like when it comes to offense, you you really would think that they would be better. And like they do. Why would you think that though? Because the chances are there. Like they do set themselves up and they put themselves in position. Are to... chances guaranteed? No. Okay. But, there you but, go. Well, see, here's the thing. So like. They don't even like they don't even get far. I, l- let me say this: they don't. The chances aren't necessarily there, but this is going to sound really weird. The chance to create the chance is there. So, for example, on a two-on-one on a two-on-one rush, how many times have we seen the Wild this season blow an odd man rush? Okay, like not new. So many it's, times. So many times. Why? Awful. Yeah. It's uh, it's their forwards re- don't get back. They get too deep in the zone, and yeah. they send two two of their forwards too deep into the offensive zone, and they don't have the leg speed anymore to keep up with the the with the team as they exit because they can't back check quick it's enough. It's dumbfounding. And so they're leaving their defensemen who aren't that great either. I mean, right. better than most. But yeah, if yeah, if yeah, your yeah. defensemen are your highlight of the team, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. But they yeah. just they don't have the the talent to create as many chances, and they don't have the talent to help mitigate mistakes that other players are making. That's what's hurt. They just it's just an all around. You're just too short to ride the roller coaster, kid. We can't let you on. Yeah. <laughs> I like that, right, enough. Logan? <laughs> yeah. I I think 
they they need to have a a come to hockey Jesus moment. Yes. <laughs> very soon. You. Because I I, I will say, and I, I think most Wild fans who have seen my work on the site and have followed my Twitter know that I, I came into this site not being a Wild fan. And it, what's been interesting is watching this team and really starting to fall in love with the players and the history and the franchise itself and then just going, what is going wrong? Yeah. Yeah, it's, think, it's bad. I can't imagine being in that locker room night after night with this kind of a result and going, they're, they're putting the work in, they're getting the shots, but they can't convert. Something has to change, and I think it's the players at this point. Like, Pedro can say all he wants. You know, the ownership can say what they want. At this point, it needs to be, like, the rookies in the locker room who stand up and go, guys, we have to change this. And I think that moment is coming very, very soon after two back-to-back losses against a, you know, Stanley Cup champion. And the Stars, who, albeit suffering this year, were incredibly good at the end of last year. So Absolutely, it, they were. It's just, is this normal to be a Minnesota Wild fan and just suffer in heartbreak constantly? Yeah, that's just in general Minnesota sports in general. <laughs> it just This is just the winter pain. It's just to go yeah, yeah, with yeah. the frostbite and the really bad wind chills. Since I start, I will say this. Since I started covering the Minnesota Wild, if there's one thing I've learned, the Minnesota Wild fan base has to be one of, if not the most loyal, and fun fan base. Like the, it's, it's not embrace. loyalty out of love, though. It's loyalty just so they can literally shit on them. Constantly. Yeah. Like, like, it's just to be, it's to buy into the misery. We love being miserable together. We're yeah. never going to win a championship. We're never, we've only, but we get to the doorstep and then we falter every time. I, this city's not going to know what to do if and when a championship is won by any of the teams, but a hockey championship would be next level. And I think just people know because it's an educated fan base. Right. They know how deep this hole is mm-hmm. and how long it's going to take. And they're not willing to just sit around and watch the process. Yeah. They're like, I want to see it when they're taking steps in the positive direction, but I don't want to see the initial steps. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you what. I'm glad you mentioned just, just how deep this hole is. because uh, Very deep. And we actually have an article going live tomorrow mm. uh, by Kyle Anway. Um, you, if you don't know his stuff, you really should. He's one of our writers at... Hockey Wilderness. He is absolutely fantastic. He is a legend. And he wrote a very insightful piece that that goes live tomorrow, which is on Thursday. Um, if you're listening to this podcast in the future, today it is Wednesday. Um, it is about basically how the wild are kind of fucked at the moment. And the Whoops. reason why is because of a little something called cap recapture penalty. Now, folks, if you don't know what the cap recapture penalty is, let me just give you a basic, you know, a, a very basic example. I, I will just butt in, Ryan, before yeah, yeah. you start down that road, because I was editing the article last night uh-huh. and reading through it and going, I'm glad we're putting this out on Halloween because it reads like a horror story. Yes, you get further and further into the article. And so fair warning to our listeners, buckle up, because Ryan is about to tell you a ghost story that is going to haunt your nightmares for the next five years. <laughs> you're going to pee your pants. You're going to have to, you're going to pee your pants. You're going to have to get some new pants. Like, it's, it's awful. So, all right. So, basically, let's just go through and give an example, okay? And luckily for the Wild, they have two players that serve as a great example for the cap recapture penalty. Those two players are, and we mentioned them a little bit earlier, Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter. They play on this team? What? Believe it or not, yes. I told you. Believe it or not, they play on the Minnesota Wild That's hockey team. Crazy. And if you really? don't, they do. And so both of them signed a very, very long 
contract extension. What year even was what was 2012-13, right? 2012, summer of 2012, yeah. I believe. And so basically they're making upwards of 7 million dollars per season. And this season. Huh? This season. This season. Yes. And every season. Yes. And so now they are, let me take, I can't remember their exact ages. I know they're both in their mid-30s, which is I concerning. believe Suter's 34, and I think Parisi's 33. Suter turns 35 in uh, January, and yes. Parisi is 35 now. Oh, okay, then never mind. They're, they're closer than I thought. And they are both under contract for, after this season, not one, not two, not three, not four, five more years! Yeah, yeah but this is the bed we made. This Five. is the bed that we made with Chuck. Chuck. This is what happened. Chuck, Chucky two trades. I know you're listening. Wow. That that, <laughs> that is that is a shout out to Craig Forsyth of Minnesota of uh, Hockey Wilderness and of course Broad Street Hockey. Um, Chucky two trades. He uh, he he did us he did us bad on this one. Seven point five. I, I don't even know what this number is. Seven point five million dollars a year is what they're paying both Parisi mm-hmm. and Suter for after this season five years. Yep. And that's a mind boggling number just at, in any term. Crazy. <laughs> yep, that's, that's nuts. That's it's why nuts, the lockout right? happened. So, like, at this age, 35 years old, they're both basically 35. You have to be wondering, like, okay, well, like, how do they fix this? Like, obviously, they you, can just. You don't. You can just trade them, right? No. Isn't that how you do it? No, not, no. Not trade. necessarily. Four number three. No. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. You could trade them, but is it in your best interest in order to get out from under whatever wet blanket this deal, these deals are? It certainly isn't. And the reason why is because, let's pretend the Wild do trade them away. They st- Because of this cap recapture penalty, which uh, you can read more about on Kyle's article. It is fantastic. It explains it very thoroughly. You will... He and where can we find that? Much better. At HockeyWilderness.com. Okay, just double check. So if you don't know that, you should go. The just Hockey Wilderness Podcast, HockeyWilderness.com. Um, basically, let's pretend that Zach Parisi were to um, retire in the 2023-24 um, season. And he's the more likely of the two to either be moved or retire before Ryan. Correct. Correct. So this is a good hypothetical. So let's on. pretend he plays until 2023-24. And he retires with with one year left on his deal, because of the cap recapture penalty. What it does is it, it takes like the money that is that is like owed or something something along those lines, mm-hmm. and you have to pay it based on the years left after he retires. So the m- amount of money due, if he retires with three years left on his contract, then that money is spread over three years. Mm -hmm. If he retires with one year left, which is what would happen if he were to retire in 2023-24 with another team, the Minnesota Wild would have to pay $19.6 million in one year. And if he he were playing for another team, why do the Wild still foot the bill? Can you explain that? Basically, the reason behind that is the fact... It's a lot like the Roberto Luongo situation. Okay. Can so, you explain what that situation yeah. is? Yeah, so basically... That takes me back. <laughs> basically, the Vancouver Canucks signed Roberto Luongo to a very long extension that was essentially front-loaded. Yep. So... Goaltender for the Canucks. Exactly. At goaltender the time. for the Yes, yes. And legendary goaltender for both the Canucks and the Florida Panthers. Mm-hmm. Loved... I, he was one of the reasons I got into hockey. So. Interesting. Um, so... Basically, if you sign a contract like that, you are eligible for the cap recapture penalty. And basically, this was agreed upon in the last collective bargaining agreement that they made in 2012 
Mm-hmm. So, like, right after they made yep. that, the right Wild were like, oh, we can do this. It's fine. Nothing's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, guess what, folks? It can happen. So, basically, when Roberto Luongo retired, even though he retired with the Florida Panthers, the Vancouver Canucks now have to pay, I believe it's $3 million per year that's remaining on his contract. Right. And how much do the Panthers have to pay? Zero dollars. Okay. Exactly zero dollars. Okay. Is it just me or does anyone else look at this and go, what were they smoking when they wrote this rule? I can tell you exactly what was being smoked. I can tell you exactly. You you smoke meth, right? Yeah. uh, No, I do not. (laughs) Let's not put that out over on any sort of public forum like a podcast. (laughs) No, not you. Not you. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, we don't want to. The deep fake. It counts for audio, too. No, I can tell you exactly what happened, why these deals were signed, because it we didn't know what we know now. The decline wasn't in the mind. And at that point, the Minnesota Wild were in the abyss. Like, it, it had been an awful few years. The XL was not even close to being sold out. It was rather empty, and that's very, very bad to see in the state of hockey, or at least the self-proclaimed yeah. state of hockey. And they needed to get the community excited about the wild again, because it's an expansion team. It came to, it came to the state in 2000. They had that really weird run in 2003 to the Western conference finals in which they got swept by the ducks. And then we wanted to talk about it. But after that, it was just a steady decline of Marion Gabarik basically having one, one foot in New York and one foot here. And mm. then your only saving grace was Miko Koivu. And even when he was in his prime, he wasn't no saving grace. And right. so they, they go out and get Suter and Parisi, and I just I think they were shocked that they got both. And I think Russo has a really good in-depth article um, on The Athletic or maybe on formerly on the Star Tribune site uh, kind of breaking down that entire, I think, 72 hours or so when they when those deals were signed and, and how quickly it all came together. But I think they were just trying to get one of them, but they ended up getting both. And they're like, yeah, well, if we win a cup in the next three to four years, all this is fine. We won't care about that all that those costs later in the contract when exactly, they're yeah. they, but, but nothing happened. Guess future. what? Yeah, they did it exactly, exactly. They and went to the, the playoffs problem. for six straight years, which is fun. Yep, we but love those first rounders and you, sometimes second yeah. round trips. You know, it would be more fun though if they, you know, won playoff series. We don't know how to do that. They don't. They never will. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. That's a little too negative. Are, are you speaking a foreign language? Because I think any of us involved with Minnesota just just heard like like white noise when you said that win a playoff series yeah they're not gonna make the playoffs this year so we're not winning any series we can't even win a back-to-back oh yeah I know there are some fans out there who may may be listening and they're the type of fans that are hopeful every year to make the playoffs and maybe you never know yeah (laughs) they're not I'm just telling you guys right now they're not making the playoffs they're not going to they're definitely not going to the Stanley Cup final like I don't know. I frankly, I don't know when they're making the playoffs again. I don't. I hope never. I hope no time soon. Oh, and uh, I forgot a little. I will say, hold on. Yeah. The, you saying that now? The Wild are tanking. They had the worst start in the league. Let me just point out: the Washington Nationals were nineteen and thirty-one. They were the worst in the league at the end of May, and as of fifteen minutes ago, they are World Series champions. So you're not so, wrong. Yeah. The St. Louis Blues. I will say, but DC is being blessed. Yeah. The sports scene, at least, because the other scenes aren't so great. Yeah. Logically, Minnesota won't make it. But if baseball has proved anything this year, and the St. Louis Blues did the exact same thing, Mm -hmm. it's not entirely out of the realm of possibility. It's just in that 0.01% chance that it could happen. (laughs) 
So right. I think I just became a hopeful Minnesota fan. What have you guys done to me? Well, all right. So let, let me say this. So just to add a little more negativity to your listen. Um, what? Uh, so you know how I said all that about Zach Parisi and yeah. like how they could possibly owe um, uh, about $20 million for that one year? See. The same applies for Ryan Suter. Yes, because they signed twin deals. They're matching. So let's pretend both Ryan Suter and Zach Parisi both retire, are, are both traded before the 2023-24 season, and they retire that year. The Minnesota Wild will potentially be looking at a cap penalty of $40 million. But they both have to sign off on this because we have not said that they're they have a no movement clause both of them have yeah. no trade clauses they would right. have to waive them and let me tell you ryan Suter's not getting traded anywhere he, he's, because he's not leaving he said like he does not crazy's your only shot and right. you would have to have things go really south and have a team that is willing to make a deal that's it would a lot of different things would have to fall into place so folks basically the best looking at that ideal season right now though the wild are tanking their teams with the cap space Mm-hmm. And Minnesota is going to start trying to shake things up pretty soon if nothing happens. Right. Yeah. I mean, we. I mean, we posted an article earlier this week at hockeywilderness.com about three players who are on the trade block right now. Uh, the Ottawa Sun reported that Kevin Fiala, shocking, um, Joel Eriksson Ek, and keep him and uh, Ryan Donato. All three of those players care. are on the block, according to the Ottawa Sun. I don't know how. I'm much... really surprised Eriksson Ek is on that block though. I, I was I too. From him, he he's been. One of their better players, right? Yeah, in, he's in not. In lieu of the, the core stepping up, he's not the type of player who's going to score. They've like, had an extended look lot. at him too. He's been up here long enough where maybe right. they're just saying the ceiling is not worth it. And if if everybody's on the table who can be on the table, why not? Because his stock technically probably hasn't been higher than mm. it is right now, and that's not saying much. But those three block shots, at least people kind of know who he is right now. He and does. Have that. He does play well defensively. Mm-hmm. He's a very good defensive. Right. Sometimes you need that. You didn't in your draft six. him in the first round to be a good defensive forward. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. But yep. like at the same time, like if that's what he is, that is still a useful player that sure. can be playing every game you know what i mean yep and like if you trade him and then who knows like there are some teams who would kill to have a player like him right so and they could be just sticking him out there to basically help raise the value of, of the other players they're looking to trade because if you just put out all of your players that you are on your shit list right it's gonna people are gonna be less incentivized to go through bargain bin shopping on your trade block yeah. you to put at least one good piece out there i it's it's, it's honestly it's it's scary just first of all, what do you even think they'd get back for those players? Like Eriksson Ek, what do you think you'd get? Like a third round pick, if that? Mm. Maybe third or fourth round pick. Depends if you're trying to make a hockey trade. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be a hockey. Logan, what trade. do you think Eriksson Ek could fetch if they're just going like X straight up? What do you think he's valued at draft pick wise? Oh, good God, um, that's an interesting choice. Um, What's his contract situation, Ryan? Will you look that up? Joel Eriksson Ek. Yeah. I, he just signed a contract extension this summer. Right. Um, but that'll factor in, um, into his movement. I'm just trying to see. It's actually I an amazing contract. Huh? It's a great contract. It's two years, including this year, 1.487. 23 years old? Uh, 22. God, he has so much trade value then yeah, so, with the fact that he's really the only name that has stood out. I would say he could, if it's the right team, he could fetch a mid to low first round pick. Really? Um, I I think he could because there are teams that would be desperate for someone like that. I would um, take that in a second. Ottawa, I'm looking at you. Chicago, I'm looking at you. Um, 
Who else? <laughs> yeah, but Nino Niederreiter didn't even get a first yeah, round pick. Ni- That's all Nino like, got. You got to think about. You got to think about like trade deadline brain and how how they look at it too because we see it all the time. Players get traded and overvalued by yeah, a ton, yeah. but Erickson Eck doesn't even sniff the 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 same league as like a Havlat did years right, back. Right. Like that's not even close. And so that's why like first round seems really high. And I don't I don't know if people if anybody would actually bite for the first round pick. Mm. But Logan, you could be right based off of his contract, his age, with the right organization, with the right minded coach. He could, could be, be molded into a type like a Bergeron, but yeah. not a scoring type. Right. But he could be a good two way, maybe even a Miko Koivu in his yeah. prime. You, he, he could. He could fetch a higher pick and than we think. The fact that he is so young and has stood out so well against this Minnesota team, like just stepped forward and completely been in the spotlight effortlessly. Right. To start this season, that's why I think he could fetch that first round pick, just because everyone's looking at the loaded Minnesota roster that theoretically should be scoring, and it's this young kid who is carrying that load right now. And if he can shoulder that burden and do it so, from what we see, flawlessly, I think teams would be falling over themselves to get someone like that that's that young, that confident, and that calm in the face of what has to be chaos in Minnesota. So that's that's why I think he would go high. However, um, if you have a team that has that cap, um, salary cap space but not is not willing to give up a first rounder, I could see him going for a second and or a third um, because his contract is so low that it, it makes it worth it. You're not signing someone like Zuccarello to five years, five million. You're you're signing a 22 year old at what was it 1.7? That's an incredibly good deal. Right, but he hasn't done anything though. So that's the thing with me. Yeah. Like, he yeah. hasn't done it enough. I'll say that. Right. He'd have to have, like, 40 points by the time the trade deadline rolled right, around for right, me to be like, right. maybe they'll yeah. go a first-round pick. Because he just – he hasn't shown consistency to produce. Mm-hmm. He's shown that he can yeah. skate and that he can keep up. But he does have – he's not perfect defensively. No, either. no, no. He's still really inexperienced. And he's and, young. Yeah, he's and still he's young. young. But I just – I don't see how any, any – t- besides like any team that Peter Shirelli is running that would send that type of compensation back for somebody who gets has yet to hit 30 points, I think, in his career. Can I just say I miss him being a GM? In Same. The that, it was so much fun. I love you never Rip and Shirelli. God. <laughs> they finally smartened up. All right, guys, hear me out. Joel Erickson Eck for Tyler Toffoli straight up, one for one. No, th- there's 0% chance. Oh, why do you want Tyler Toffoli? Huh? You well, want to trade one culture just cesspool for another? Why? Well, no, apparently like, Tyler Toffoli is on the trade block now. Yeah, but just so. because he's on the trade block doesn't mean he's a good fit for this team. Tyler Toffoli's oh, in no, the, I'm, riding I'm just, the pine. I'm just throwing stuff out there just because no, I'm trolling. It's a culture problem down there too. You don't want to. You're trading a decent like culture guy for a less than stellar one. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not being serious by saying that. I'm just. Well, throwing, off tossing, tossing right. it out. That's there. right. Retract. I'm Remember, half the things I say are, are are awful. So. Well, that's true. But so <laughs> for those of you on the podcast who don't know, I'm a billet parent for my local WHL hockey team. Oh, One that's of the awesome. two. And what WHL yeah. hockey team, Logan? The Portland Winterhawks. Oh. The Minnesota Connection. <laughs> boop, boop. And what players are you uh, billeting? I am billeting uh, Jonas Bronberg, number 27. He's a defenseman from Denmark. And Keyshawn Gervais, number 20, who is a forward from Saskatchewan, Canada. But uh, the reason I, I was doing that like segue was um, Jonas Bronberg is a diehard Kings fan. And so under duress, I have allowed him to watch the Kings games in our living room TV. <laughs> Heck yeah. 
Let the man watch. Yeah, and watching the games with him and watching Toffoli, it's really odd to think, why would any team trade for him? I would rather keep Erickson Eck, who needs some time to develop, then take the Foley because it, it, it is not an equal trade at all from, you know, the, the half dozen Kings games that I've watched so far this year. It's like, why would you ever trade someone promising for someone? Yeah. Logan, no, what's, it, what's it like watching, feedback. what's it like watching hockey with a young, like junior hockey player? Is it? Lots of swearing. <laughs> yep. That sounds about yeah. right. Is yeah. he is he like so breaking everything down with you and like watching the whole game and like just kind of giving you the basic X's and O's? They're they're really great though. Um, we've we've watched a couple of games together and the the passes that they see the the skating choices that they they notice are so different from what someone like me who doesn't play hockey notices. Mm. So I've I've noticed my my watching games has, has gotten a lot smarter essentially um, with you know, watching with them, which has been really, really great. And, you know, hearing them chirp me for covering two different NHL teams and then loving two other NHL teams as well, that's been glorious. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's weird yeah. when it's weird when you kinda of turn that switch when you go away from watching the puck and who has the puck to watching everything who doesn't else. have the puck. Right. Well not everything else. But yeah, yeah. the way when I when I coach players, I always say you pick a player that you want to watch on the shift. I'm like, don't watch the puck. Yeah. It is they stay in frame for the most of the time because all of us move together. Yeah. Watch what pick a player and watch what they do and break down what they are doing within the game because you can just mindlessly watch hockey and just go and go into autopilot mode, which a lot of players who actually do play do. But that's the way. That's where you pick up those little things where, like you said, Logan, the passes, the skating decisions. You're like, why do you take this inside lane versus breaking to the outside and try to cut in? Well, they did this because A, B, C, and D, and they can break it out, break it down, and identify everything. It's great. And that's why I love watching exactly. Mark Stone. Like, yes. when you like, so for those of you who don't know, Lindsay and I were pretty cool. We're credentialed for the Golden Knights, the Vegas Golden Knights, mm. and so we go to all their home games and um, watching Mark Stone. Man, even when he's nowhere near the puck. You just keep your eyes on him, like Lindsay was saying, the whole shift, and it's just, then you realize why. Mm-hmm. That's he a game really, behind the game. It's There's crazy. Stra- strategy yeah. to it. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the things I've noticed has gotten sharper watching hockey for me has been what happens behind the net. Mm-hmm. Because before, it was just such a, a cluster of players that I never really could, could kind of understand the choices that were being made there. And, and having my two kids, especially a defender mm-hmm. who – is often in that scrum in his own games, explaining to me the choices that are going through their heads when they're playing like that. It makes so much more sense now of why those scrums happen so often and happen the way that they do. Yep, body positioning so, is everything, right? Yes, yep. absolutely. Lead with your butt. That's what you got to do. Move your ass. <laughs> yep. Get your you ass lead in with the your way. butt. That's your biggest tool. That's your biggest shield. Drop that ass. Drop, drop that drop ass. Drop that ass. Hey, you guys should call me uh, in a, a week and a half after I've had my knee surgery when I'm completely drugged on painkillers. Oh, Hell that'll yeah. be great. <laughs> Ask me how I like watching hockey while on like heavy duty narcotics. On <laughs> we'll just all be like slightly intoxicated and right. we'll all see like who's <laughs> the biggest Xanax. shit show. Hockey wilderness after hours. Yeah, yeah. there you go. But just to hear the difference in my answer from, well, here's the, you know, really intuitive things I'm noticing. And then just, I just really love hockey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He skated really fast and then scored. It was pretty sweet. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. So, so guys, we're actually going to take, a, a, like, a little different angle this week. Oh. We decided to do a little miniature mailbag this week. We did. We did. 
We got a few really good questions on Facebook, and uh, I just wanted to go through those, and I think they're you know they're pretty good. They can there's some good conversation starters. Excellent. I think a lot of people are interested in. So, uh, Jake Higgins Perfect. asks on Facebook, who's the first player to move in a trade? Ooh, That's play, first player to move. Oh, on the first lot. player oh, yeah. to get traded. Yeah, that's a fun one. I yeah, he's he's on the shit list, man. I, I I think it's between probably he and Donato. I would think would be the quickest ones to move, but it's more or less is he being moved because somebody wants him, or is he being moved because they need to get they feel like he's a detriment to the locker room that's because that's going to be yeah. that's going to be a thing. But I think it's Fiala just because Donato. I don't know. I haven't met him. I haven't talked to him, but he's a coach's kid. His dad has coached Harvard for forever. Like, I have a feeling that even if he's being a little bit prickish and being just a young guy in the NHL or he's not doing things, all the things not he needs to he do. Not, not saying he is. Not saying he is and not I'm saying sure he's he, not. I heard he's awesome. Right. Either way, you that it's dumb, but that holds credence in these decisions because that's a culture thing, and that's what they're. That's what Garen is here to do this season. It's not to wins and loss. It's not even tanking. It's resetting the culture in this locker room because it's about five years overdue, and it's festered since. It's just funny that they're trying to, you know, reset the culture in the locker room, and they're immediately moving players who they just got and last Fiala's season. And just seems like so... Uh, just not... He just doesn't seem intense. He seems yeah. gun-shy a little bit, yeah. and he just seems like he's not one of those guys to be like, I'm going to put it all on the line for the for the boys. He, and he does have the tools. I think that's... Does some, he, though? He has the speed. Does I've he? Seen, I've seen... He can move. Well, anybody can skate fast, but can he skate fast in a productive manner and stop and start and keep, keep your effort up and play that's hockey. the weird thing he did so well and i think it was a couple seasons ago with nashville one season so did victor rask with uh carolina but we're not talking about him in the same way are right we, Logan? right yeah. it's it's so bizarre these trades that fenton made man i it gives me a headache yep. what was he doing doesn't matter they're here oh my god but i will say one thing that's good for them is fiella 23 years old donato 23 years old erickson act 22 so they're all young players who do have some degree of success in the NHL. Logan, who do you think is going to move first? I I really do think Fiala because I, I have not seen enough out of him to warrant him not being one of the first dominoes to fall. He, he just has not impressed me in the games he's played in. He's not making the right passes. He's not in the right place at the right time. He's He's dropping chances. He he can't get the puck on the net to save his life. He really can't. Well, neither can anyone else. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah. In defense of him, <laughs> everyone sucks at hitting the net. So, but I, I remember what was it, 2016-17 with Nashville. He was very, very good as far as I remember. And seeing him now, you know, a couple of years on, it's like, is that, is that the same guy? What what happened to him? He's he's just kind of petered out, and I don't know if it's the chemistry of the team isn't the same. He has hit like some sort of a plateau or a slump, but I think something has to change for him. I think the best thing for him at this point is to go to a different team right. and, and hopefully find his place there and, and wish him well, have fun, good luck, buddy, but I, I don't think he's going to stay with the Wild. Yeah, my money's on Fiala, too. And, like, I feel like he really could be a good player. Well, like, he needs to get better because I bet you he's just like most players where they get to the league, they have a really good first year if they have a good first mm. year, and then they think they don't have to get any better right, because yeah, it's super easy. Yeah. But then everybody has the book on you. We see this happen in football all the time with quarterbacks like Baker Mayfield. He's going to be so good this year. Yeah. Oh, how's he doing this year? What would Not be, well. Yeah. What would be they have so, the book on him. What would be so Minnesota wild is if 
you know, they go through this trade, they trade him, and then he uses this as, like, a learning experience, and then he becomes, like... No, that's textbook Minnesota. That's textbook. We send players away, and then they end up being Charlie Coyle and nearly winning a con smite. (laughs) It's unbelievable. It happens to us constantly. We can trace championships all over the town of Boston directly to the state of Minnesota. It's absolutely ridiculous. Let's extend this question a little bit. Who who, who are your players that, under no circumstances, is it acceptable to move them at all? Logan, why don't you go? Oh, that's an interesting question. So, who is not acceptable to be like moved off the if, team? If they do it, pitchforks and and things and picket signs Ooh. should be brought out. I honestly don't. Mm, I would. My first gut reaction is Daylock. Odd. Oh. Um. Oddly, because he, unfortunately, I think his. And, you know, before last night with Dallas, poor guy, had been doing decently well. Um, I think. He is under a very good contract for. Yeah, but he he's a backup goaltender. Yeah. And you, they could just, there are guys that are on the street that are probably just as in shape or other guys that are waiting. Exactly. In the yeah. I don't know. Watching Dumba, he, and I know he missed a major portion mm, of last season right, due to right. a horrible injury, but he, he's been very solid for them for a while now. And. And I'm not just saying this because he's a, a Winterhawks alum, so I'm, I'm loyal to that. Right, right. Um, he, I think he's young, he's fast, he plays the game well. Good contract? He's a, as far as I remember, good contract. Yep. And I think because they have such an aging core, he's primed to be the next wave of the core, and they need to start thinking about that of when Parise and Suter and everybody else are gone, who is that next leadership group and i think he's going to be part of that so i think people would be really upset if if he were to be traded unfortunately i haven't seen enough from the other guys to warrant pitchforks and torches reaction Mm -hmm. so he's the only one i can think of if anything i dumbo's a well-liked personality on the team but i think i think people would be more upset if he got traded with the fact that they saved him from the expansion draft when the Golden Knights came into existence and they gave up Alex Tuck and Eric Howell in the process and basically killed all the momentum that they had going. And this team would be a very different team. I'm not saying if they kept Hall or they kept Tuck that it was going to go. But whatever happened, it disrupted something. And they... They wanted to protect him, and so that was the, that was the big thing. And so, if anything, it's almost like, well, you're giving up on a deal that you already lost and are paying, you know, that are being punished for already. Now you're just making it worse. Right. But I, for me, there is no untouchable on mm-hmm. this roster. Anyone is should be moved out that can be moved, and that includes Jason Zucker, who's who I think is your probably that, your most I, valuable asset. I do agree. Uh, yeah. That includes Devin Dubnik. That includes all of these guys should be able to because at if you're going to look at it from a straight-up business standpoint, these guys aren't getting it done, uh-huh. and everybody has a price. If you if you, somebody walked in and said, we're going to give you a first-rounder and a second-line center who's not going to score you a ton of goals but is going to be solid for you for Jason Zucker, I don't see how you say no to that. Right. I'm sorry. Uh-oh. And if, if you're going to do the rebuild thing and if you're going to do the tank thing, Correctly. Do it the right yeah. way. Don't do, don't, don't try don't to like save people because they're worried about the f- the fans are already pissed. Yeah. So just do it, and I get it. You want to rebuild, and you want to have some people in that leadership group. But to be totally honest, none of these young guys, Matt Dumba included, haven't done enough to step up that would warrant that would make me confident three four years down the road being like that's my leader. This season's just been bad for everybody. And now I will say this: the one player who I would keep, and 
and I'm honestly a little surprised that you didn't say this because I know you think very highly of him, Luke Cunning. He's not playing he well, is he? Well, he hasn't been playing well. Well, that's the name well. of the game, my yeah. friends. You're yeah. not playing well. Guess what? You're on the block. Just because you're on the block doesn't mean you're going to get traded, but that means you, it's it's also a kick in the pants, too, because if you're getting dangled and you're getting talked about, those players, oh, I stay off of Twitter. Sure you do. Mm. Somebody's e- no, either, either no, they look don't. at it themselves or their families let them know or somebody else does. And sometimes they need a good kick in the pants. And this team, I don't know if they've been bag skated yet. I don't know if they've been really had a good old Bruce Boudreau just undressing filled with F-bombs and everything. I don't know how deep uh, Bruce has had to dig in his pockets in terms of, like, the coaching tricks that you have to bring out sometimes to get the players ready to go. Like, Mike Yo freaked out on them years ago. Yeah, like, sometimes yeah. you need those. But sometimes you it, you can't use the blow-up on the team every time. That's a card you can only play two or three times before you can't play it anymore. That's, so why, Tor- that's why Tortorello yeah, only lasts That's why it's five years, years basically, max for him before yeah. he gets shipped out of wherever he's coaching. Next. Yeah. next. Oh, I'm sorry, Logan. You go ahead. I, two thoughts. One, you know, we're talking about no players untouchable. Can we just take a moment to recognize how odd that is that we have such a theoretically an incredible roster and we're saying none of these guys can be, should be protected. Um, whereas I think almost every other team in the league, mostly, you look at the roster, you can immediately identify two, maybe three guys that, my God, you cannot get rid of them. It would decimate the team and right. the for the next five years. But we look at Minnesota and go, yep, you know, fold fold the roster, start from scratch, just completely cull the, the list and go over it again. And I think that is something that I have not seen in a long time in this league where a roster has tanked so badly and across the whole roster. Yeah, um, and be so and, and to other, be so handcuffed too. Absolutely. And the other thing is how long before people start calling for Bedro's position Oh, they already have. Yeah, it's already, it's already people, started. People, people have been calling for his his head t- since, like, last year. But and I do agree. I do yeah. agree. Well, with, who's better? Who out there is going to yeah, do a better right. job? I do agree with them. Yeah. Like, because apparently, according to Bill Guerin said it himself, he's like, yeah, I'm giving him a long leash. Like, I'm not going to yeah. do something just to do it. Bill like, Guerin played a lot of hockey. He gets it. Right. He's been on good teams. He's won cups, is, and he's been on shit teams, too. And he understands how, how those things go. None of this is his fault. To no. me. Like Bruce? Bruce. No. Yeah. No. It's, I mean it's some of it's his fault, but you can't not all that's of not it. you're it's not so far gone that he should be the fall guy because if they fire him, that sends the wrong message. It does. Yeah. It worsens the culture. So this kind of this kind of leaks into our, our next mailbag question from Paul Erickson. Paul Buzz Erickson. Uh is it time to tank, basically? And I think I think we can all agree yes, right? I mean, it's time to actually tr- like. Not- it's time to commit to something. Co- commit to a direction, please. Yeah. Like rebuild. Just do it. Just do it. Like I know you have to. Basically, best case scenario, you have to hope to God that Ryan Suter and Zach Parisi play until they're forty years old. That sucks. No, but you, you, don't. you know what? Like, well, what other option is there? I take the extra roster spot personally because at the end of the day, a thirty-seven-year-old, thirty-eight-year-old, like half, just decapitated Zach Parisi from right. the back and then Ryan Suter's I don't know. And then pay six million for both? Yeah, but if you get the roster, if they're that bad, that's what yeah, you do. That's true. Yeah. If they get to that point, you that's got what you to. do. That's what a buyout is. But it's just the whole thing with that We'll see. You have to you have to just start paying for it now. You got to. Mm. And Logan, do you think it's time to tank? I, I think it is. And with the twenty twenty draft uh, roster, I think they absolutely should. It's go, loaded. You know, 
10 and 72, get that first round pick and just clean up at the draft, trade as many of the guys in the current roster as they can for high picks and just start the rebuild now tank and, and start from scratch. I, there is no other option at this point to me with the contracts that they're, they're handcuffed with. And that actually brings us quite perfectly into our final question that we got in our mailbag. Uh, Michael O'Shea asks, is there a really, really good Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews type in this year's draft? Lindsay, I know you're not the biggest prospect person, but mm. I do have good news. There are a ton of really, really unbelievably good prospects this year that one could consider. What was the reader's name again? What was the guy, the guy who asked the question? Uh, Michael O'Shea. Mr. O'Shea. There's no Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid in this draft because if there were, I would have heard about them and there might be a lot of really great players, but there's no Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews because if there was, they would be on front pages, on the regular, on NHL.com. People would be doing all that. When Connor McDavid was coming out for the draft, there were entire beat writers just literally on Connor McDavid. They're, this player is not Connor McDavid, but apparently, according to, to all the scouts, he's close. Alexi Lafreniere. They're saying that he, yeah. he's been compared to Sidney Crosby, and I'm not saying he's going to be Sidney Crosby, but they are saying that he is a franchising, tr- franchise-changing player, as is as will be uh, Quinton Byfield of the Sudbury Wolves in the OHL. Um, and then you have players like Cole Perfetti, um, Alexander Holtz. I believe it's Alexander Holtz. Um, lots of really good players in this year's draft that if the Wild get a top 10 pick, they're getting a stud. That's how good this first round is. Like, and it's not just the top ten; it's it's the entire first two rounds. It is. Are You're right. So deep. My God, watching some of the guys in the WHL who are projected to go, you know, first, second, third round, it, it is really startling how deep the the talent is that these guys are projected to go second, third, fourth because there is so much talent. Right, right, and uh, not for not. You know, you know how Minnesota wa- Minnesota sports in general. Just how their luck is uh, not so great. I'm sure Lindsay, you can agree with that. So slightly less than ideal. Less than ideal. But let's pretend for one year, just once, just one time, the Minnesota Wild get lucky and they win the uh, draft lottery. Ha! If they were <laughs> to do it, if they were to do it, Alexi Lafreniere, 16 games in the uh, QMJHL this year, 39 points. Uh, dude's pretty good. How good was Capo Caco a couple months good. ago? How many goals does he have right now? Oh boy, is he even playing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's playing. He's playing. How many? Uh, how many goals does Jack even, Hughes have? I, I don't even know. Believe I it. Don't, t- even know. don't believe it till you see it, my friends. The fact we have to ask if Capo Caco is playing I answers did a not lot of He has two goals this year. He has two goals, and he was supposed to be going over Jack Hughes. This is this is why prospects bother me, and this is why well, they don't bother me. This is why I try not to get too bent out of shape <laughs> because you really cannot take a true evaluation until at least the third season because first season is literally like you're a toddler you're getting handheld and brought around the league it, it's a blur second season it's under you, yeah exactly second season now you're a little more seasoned that's a, that's usually when you like to take a step third season then it's like hey you're not you're an upperclassman if you were in college or in high school it's the same type of thing but it's that's why Connor McDavid is so special. That's why Austin Matthews is so special because they stepped in and I believe Austin Matthews had four goals in the, his very first NHL game. Yes. I believe I'm not mistaken. And it was against the Senators, but you I, know. and that's what I but that's what I'm goals. saying is that we have to Alexi whatever his name is might be the next Sidney Crosby mm. or might be the whatever. But let's be honest, like you said, the luck is not going to be there. 
there, and if it is, is there, the NHL will manipulate it and they change it. There's zero percent yeah. chance. There's no way they're going to send that type of talent up here. There's not. There's no chance. But you gotta, you gotta, you gotta just pump the brakes and look at the roster you have. And yeah, you gotta try to take and get the highest draft pick possible. But which area do you attack on the roster first? Say you do. It's gotta get, be forward, right? Well, they need scoring. Well, well, there's multiple positions at forward. Oh well, I mean, well. I guess you go. Center. You have to go center. Yeah. You have to go yeah. center because Koivu is gone. He's gone after well, this. Season. I don't give a shit about Koivu. Koivu is not exactly a piece of of value right now. They no, haven't no, no, had no, a but, true center like ever. Yeah, but what I'm saying is like he's going to be gone, so you can't even pretend that he's your number one center Watch, anymore. Watch, they'll resign him and they'll just compile. If they resign Miko, Miko, I know you're listening, friend of the show. Obviously, mm. I'm sure he listens. Like, <laughs> why would you not? Right? We say this every week. They don't listen. Nobody listens. Uh, Miko, if you're listening, I know you are. Um, we love you, but uh, yeah. Don't <laughs> just don't come back. Like we we need yeah. the cap space. We need the uh, you know the young. We need people. the C back too because that needed to be revoked about five years ago as well. Right. So you need a center, and uh, I don't know. You need you need right right shot players, and unfortunately, do you though? What was that? Do you need right shot players though? According to uh, um, Bill Guerin, you do. Well, you could probably do so, but I think if we're going to be choosy about the handedness of our players, that means we're probably focusing on a little bit too much yeah. of the details right now. But they need everything. But yeah, it's it's you got to really because this is where your money is made as a GM. It's not just going for the next year. It's about projecting these things five years down the road and how each move affects that team's trajectory, either going up or down, or if it's fitting to their vision. Right. All of these things. Yeah. All of these thoughts and feelings. So, folks, we have a. Uh, it appears that we have run out of time, but I do want to make a quick, just quick little shameless plug. We here at SB Nation NHL are. We have started a new uh, polling project, and basically, what this project is is we pull together uh, insights from some of the most plugged in NHL fans. And if that describes you, um, you should join us on our SB Nation Fan Pulse project. So, basically, uh, today is Wednesday, the October thirtieth. Um, you may have seen an article published today about how NHL fans are not confident about the Wild making the playoffs. Shocker, right? Probably not. Um, that's something. That's a poll that we created that was formulated from real NHL fans. They put their opinions out there, and uh, they themselves all agreed, yeah, the Wild are uh, not looking too good for the playoffs this year. So um, we're going to be doing little polls like that, and it's not always going to be negative like that. It's going to be um, – it could be – which team will do will finish with the least amount of points? Which team will finish with the most amount of points, or things like that? So, um, fun little poll questions that if you want to answer, that gives you the opportunity to do so and voice your opinion. So, uh, if you would like to do that, we have a article or a sign up page on our homepage. You can find it towards the um, on the bottom of like our main section called "Calling All Wild Fans Join NHL Fan Pulse." So you should do that. It's a lot of fun, um, and it'll help us create some really fun content down the road. So uh, keep that in mind. Know. Maybe, maybe the Minnesota staff are, are reading the fan polls for results and go, well, shit, guess we need to start changing a few things. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and we're the ones who inspired them to win the Stanley Cup in 2020. I mean, watching, <laughs> Lindsay just I'm gave me this look like. Right, <laughs> Literally anything can happen. Right. So, at Minnesota. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Folks, thank you so much for listening to episode four. This is Ryan Quigley leaving you. My name, or my name, my Twitter handle, RP underscore Quigs. 
Lindsay is at Lindsay Brown 35. And Logan, tell the people where you they can find you on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Logan uh, at Logan Starkchell, C-H-E-L, short for the NHL, obviously. And apologies, it's going to be a couple days of yelling about baseball. But I will be back to hockey, too. <laughs> That's fine. Acceptable. That's all, folks. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week. 